Welcome to Episode 7 of Initial Legal Offering. More forks than the cafeteria dishwasher, less secure than Kanye's iPhone passcode, it's Initial Legal Offering, the latest in crypto news and regulation. This week on the pod, the operator of Dream Market and the owner of the best beard in the biz, OxyMonster, is sentenced to 20 years in prison. Another U.S. indictment of Russian hackers mentions the use of Bitcoin for illicit purposes, and Binance shakes up the exchange world with a massive overhaul of its coin listing process. Finally, our panelists face off over Aurora, the brightest, most sparkliest blockchain ever? Crypto crap ever. (laughs) (laughs) Joining us this week as we record from Rogerverse co-working space, let's welcome crypto's most bullheaded and slap-happy panel. Hey, I'm Ben. It's good to be here, guys. How uh, has your wallets and your uh, portfolios been holding up? Don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I know you don't. <laughs> Me neither. Just quietly, let's hold each other and cry. Yeah. Uh, good to see you, Sevi. How's everything going? Oh, not too bad. Glad to be here. Good deal. Good deal. Doing well as well. Looking forward to being uh, on the pod and uh, discussing what's uh, what's up this week. So uh, let's head over. It's because it's time for the news. So this first story is pretty interesting. You've got me a little titillated. <laughs> yeah. Is it is it the beard? It is. The beard. Yeah. Uh, so this dark web vendor uh, with a totally amazing beard has been sentenced to 20 years in prison. Gal Valerius, a.k.a. It, this is a great name, too. Oxy Monster. Um, he didn't just stumble into that name. He yeah. worked for that he name as an honor. Uh, for it. Yeah. Um, so Look, he, it's available. We should probably try and claim it up. Um. Can he operate that from prison? I don't think yeah. they'll let him use a computer. Yeah, maybe not. Um, so he was running a dark web marketplace called Dream Market. Uh, he's a French national. And believe it or not, he showed up in Austin, Texas for a beard competition. Well, yeah, they actually nabbed him at the airport in Miami like as soon as he landed. So uh, he must have announced his intention to go to this uh this beard competition. No, he didn't announce his intent. They just saw his beard and knew he was headed there. <laughs> this, this, this guy has a... This this uh, segment probably doesn't do well in a podcast, but if this was a, a vlog of some kind, this gentleman's beard is is enough to it's, make any man's... Can you describe it, Ben? His beard, his beard has a man bun on its own. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's massive. I, I can't even explain it. So the It's way- making its own testosterone. Pretty much, yeah. and it's it's chopping its own wood, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so the way they tracked him down, this is really interesting. Um, so he had a tip jar on localbitcoins.com. and you know, on his uh, on the dream market. On the dream market, he had a he had a, a tip jar, and they ended up using localbitcoins.com to track him down. And the way that they were able to do that is because they compared the writing styles of dream market to his Instagram account. Like, very similar kind of writing. Is that, is that right, Sevi? Yeah. Uh, they connected the tip jar to his local Bitcoins account, which apparently he had registered with his actual name on local Bitcoins and used it to cash out from this tip jar account. But then afterwards, they went back and looked at his writing style to just further confirm that he was, uh, in fact, the, the same person. Yeah. So what what's crazy is that the the KYC process at local bitcoins literally is what caused them to get caught. Exactly. So you've got this argument here. If this guy's dealing in cash. He doesn't get caught. Yeah, potentially. I think um, that makes a makes the, an excellent point. Using using Bitcoin specifically, a public decentralized ledger that is p- 
publicly available and anybody can take a look at, they were able to track, you know, to track this down to a, to a site. Well, yeah, and also just that all exchanges are now requiring uh, this KYC process. So it's getting harder and harder to actually transact um, in these coins or cash out without going through an exchange that requires you to identify yourself. Yeah, so go. That's I think that's a win for blockchain there. What do you think, guys? Yeah, I mean, um, if you're a Monero guy, that's a win for your blockchain because, um, <laughs> you know, true. even though most Monero guys are sitting in their basement learning to crochet and um, <laughs> maybe not crochet, maybe they're just into underwater basket weaving. the weeding. first rule of Monero is you don't, you don't talk, talk about it. Well, so I'm going to break I'm gonna break the first rule, but they're going to consider this a big win for Monero because this would never have happened with Monero. But the fact that like 98% of all traffic on, on the darknet takes place in Bitcoin and Litecoin just speaks to how ubiquitous those currencies are and um, how people still treat it as the Wild West. But I think you, you need to remember that you've got a KYC when you enter or exit with fiat. Right. And that's a big factor on what's causing people to get tracked. Yeah. yeah if he had a Monero uh, address on Dream Market for his tip jar, he still would have had to go through local bitcoins or whatever exchange to cash out and the government can see that he would be cashing out presumably fairly large amounts but they couldn't pinpoint that to a specific website marketplace uh, or activity or anything else to say that hey this guy's running this huge oxycotton marketplace hey, you know what that's an unfair assumption you can't just assume that he's selling oxycodone because his name's oxy monster <laughs> i'm going on man it's going out of limb there but there's a lot of oxy yeah. objection <laughs> so he got sentenced to 20 years and they also made him forfeit over seven hundred thousand dollars worth of crypto that was all in bitcoin and bitcoin cash so here's uh, i think what you need to maybe put in your subtle link of the week next week ben is um those seized bitcoin and cryptocurrency depending who seized it if it's um U.S. Marshals, it's going to go up for auction. Oh, yeah. The federal government is going to auction those off to the highest bidder with likely no cash reserve, but there will be a deposit that you would have to make to secure your bid. It's usually a pretty large amount, and I've looked at it before and, and participated in one once before, but it's a really easy way, especially in this, this bear market, to buy really cheap Bitcoin if you know what you're doing. Yeah, they do those fairly regularly, and um, there's usually a range of, you have to buy a chunk of them at a time, but there's usually a pretty good range of, you know, just a, a few Bitcoin to hundreds or thousands. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, look, I, I know this firsthand because my, my first car I ever bought was at a drug-seized vehicle for my wife, um, <laughs> and that was the cleanest crackheads car you've ever seen. Yeah. That thing was kept well, in... They clean all the blood up, obviously. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't just blood. Um, <laughs> hey uh, hey um, But at the end of the day, the, um, even the states do state seized auctions, but oh, yeah. this is obviously a federal seizure. But uh, yeah, that's a, I think a good piece of uh, informative advice. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. So what's next? So next up, uh, we have a new uh, indictment from the U.S. Department of Justice. They have indicted seven members of the Russian intelligence agency over a uh, coordinated influence and disinformation campaign. That was conducted. Hey, comrade. Uh, hey, comrade. Uh, I, I'm not going to do a Russian <laughs> accent. That's <laughs> it, So. <laughs> You're having way too much fun of this. Nazdorovia. <laughs> I'm having too much fun. Hey, I'll do fun the party. Yep. this week, guys. 
So this group was targeting uh, sporting and anti-doping agencies. We assume this had something to do with the uh, the Olympic scandal. So and that's how they the, beat the Olympic Committee. Yes. They blockchained it. They just outsourced all of it. That's all. So um, <laughs> they, they also went after uh, some groups that were uh, investigating Russia's alleged use of chemical weapons. So there were a couple different uh, people targeted by these hackers, but... The way these guys were tracked down is uh, they used Bitcoin to purchase things like servers, domain name registrations, uh, and other tools used in their uh, in their hacking activities. And unfortunately for them, used the same computers to conduct some of those transactions as were used for the hacks themselves. So just uh, following on to our boy Oxymonster, um, just another <laughs> way for uh, for governments around the world really to to track these transactions and link them, even though people perceive Bitcoin as uh, providing a layer of anonymity if you re- don't really cover your tracks. I mean, they said that this group was also mining Bitcoin to fund some of their efforts and you know, if you are mining Bitcoin, you're presumably doing so on a pool, and that pool requires a domain name lookup, which is still done in plain text out in the clear on the internet. So you can at least identify an IP address from that. And uh, so just transacting in Bitcoin doesn't provide you much an anonymity when you're doing multiple things on the same computers uh, over the internet. Yeah, so it sounds like that's when you have somebody who doesn't really understand the full aspect of the technology and they're trying to use it for illicit purposes. Well, I mean, presumably these guys are hackers. They're fairly intelligent and understand how Bitcoin works if they've been working with it for a while. And it sounds like they have. And it's surprising to see these kinds of mistakes. Maybe I shouldn't call them mistakes, but the fact that they were able to be tracked down uh, despite some of the precautions that they took. The real question is, does the DOJ actually have their hands on these guys, or are they still? No, I think like most of these are, these guys are still in Russia, and uh, unless they ever come to the U.S. or uh, another country that has an extradition treaty, they're not ever going to be arrested. There's an aspect of this that I think you guys haven't thought about, and um, not to go all um, tinfoil hat on you, but what if they wanted to get caught? I mean, this may become a super political podcast really fast, (laughs) and I know that's not what we're doing, but this seems like a bit of a rookie mistake. Yeah. And, you know, if this all this stuff that you've got this uh, derision in the political system and in communities over whether the Russians are actually interfering with stuff... It definitely seems like a lot of them have been getting caught recently. Yeah, it and seems like we've been doing a good job <laughs> yeah, catching these guys. Yeah, but then they come up mysteriously missing shortly thereafter. Like a helicopter crashes, you touch a doorknob <laughs> and you get poisoned. Car accidents yeah. in mysterious circumstances. You so accidentally shoot yourself three times for in the these face. Keep names there because they're... Yeah, they're on the short Their list. obituaries are coming shortly. <laughs> <laughs> He's accidentally stabbed himself in the way. back with a sword. <laughs> Very good. Well, um, let's uh, let's keep this thing moving along, and um, let's jump to the next article, which is um, some big news from Binance. I'm really excited by this, but I'm also a little bit skeptical about any good news. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just because I've been trading crypto for so long, I look at anything good as potentially hurtful. It's the uh, crypto- it's a bull trap. <laughs> yeah, it's a bull trap. Exactly. <laughs> Everything's a bull trap. It's not a trap. Um, So I think this Binance announcement is really exciting. What Binance has announced is that they're going to be 
looking at listing tokens by accepting donations as a fee instead of charging the individual projects a fee to to list. Yeah, so they're they're already doing this. They they implemented this. Yeah, so, so no, this is this has been what was it on the eighth? Yeah, started. so so two, what two weeks ago we mentioned the New York Attorney General's report. Yeah, um, which kind of ousted Binance for not being transparent with their listing fees and. Um, you know, we'd heard uh, the Dogecoin subreddit mentioned specifically that they weren't listing with Binance because the fee was incredible. But also, we we spoke about this, and we know we've got some really high power and really uh, well connected people listening to the pod. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, do you want to give a shout out to anyone yeah, in particular? Um, CEO CEO Zhao uh, from from Binance. His people reached out to us after listening to the pod a couple weeks ago, and uh, you know, th- they didn't like. What, they said what we he had. was a huge fan. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. a huge fan of the podcast, but we felt like they, they got paid in a negative light for their listing fees. So his people talked to our people and. Uh, did some brainstorming. They did some brainstorming. This is what they decided. Did so, you end up giving him a signature? We're not on, gonna, on that hat. We're not going to disclose the mega hat. We're not going <laughs> to disclose any, any signatures that were given that day. Yeah. So um, what's interesting here is that Binance is, is literally saying now, and there's been a lot of controversy over why this has happened. I think, but uh, not just the Attorney General's report, but there's been a lot of people and activity from coins that are saying that Binance is just and other exchanges are demanding huge sums of money in order to list their projects or tokens or coins on their exchanges. Yeah, you had the uh, people behind Expanse saying that Binance had specifically asked 400 bitcoins or somewhere in the neighborhood of two and a half million dollars um, yeah. to get yeah. listed. Well, the Binance CEO had the best response on Twitter in the history of Twitter, oh, yeah. and it basically was, <laughs> quote, we don't list shit coins even if they pay 400 or 4,000 Bitcoin, which I thought was a pretty sick burn. That's fantastic. Um, pretty happy with that. So Binance has announced some tips for getting your coin listed. And this is personally from uh, CZ himself. And so uh, there is an online application form. It's the only way to apply for uh, Binance listing. Tip one, don't ask Binance to get a status update. Tip two, don't ask for a contact person. We don't allow contact people to work with your team, uh, is basically what they're saying. We don't usually reject applications outright you can work on this over time. Don't try to persuade them. Persuade them by making your project better. Don't send me a white paper. I don't do initial reviews, which I think is pretty funny that someone would send them a white paper. Uh, that's a bold Shooting move. Shooting tweets on... It's like, uh... it's like sitting outside of Tom oh, Hanks' uh, house. That's number the... six is don't chill your coin in tweets <laughs> to him. It doesn't work. I'm inclined to apply a penalty to the people doing this, um, which seems a little harsh. And then update your progress on Binance Info on a weekly basis. If your uh, project shows a steady steam of progress, they'll uh, be Basically, likely to it sounds communicate. Like show us everything you've got. We're going to give you limited communication, and please don't sit outside of our house with your white paper, like knocking yeah. on the door. Here Just you go, guys. Have a decent coin and don't bug us about it. Look, there are like 30 tips here, and I'm not going to go through all of them. But some of them is some of them are fantastic. But I think. The biggest issue here is um, one man. It sounds like a dump truck just uh, crashed into <laughs> the side of the building. They're dropping off all my physical Bitcoin. <laughs> Your physical Bitcoin, got it. Good call. It's a dump truck load, and uh, we actually own the the dump truck as well. You're gonna be taking uh, taking a swim in those later, of course. Like Scrooge why, why would, Well, why else would you have Bitcoin if you couldn't convert them to physical currency? You know, it's funny that you, it. it's something funny that you say physical Bitcoin. I know this is a complete segue from what we're doing, but hell, hell, this is our podcast. We can do what we want. <laughs> there is a gentleman that I met at a cryptocurrency meetup uh, last week that had a physical Bitcoin. Really? And actually, I take it back. It was a physical Ethereum. 
It was a one ounce silver coin, 90.9999% pure. There was a public key QR code, uh, public address on the back. And then below that with a tamper-proof seal is the private key for that address. Hmm. And um, it was pretty cool to think about. Obviously, there's so many issues that can go wrong with owning that. Yeah. Um, but you can hold this piece of silver. Silver's worth, what, like 17 bucks right now, at least an ounce. Um, and you could put as much ether as you want to on it, but it's a physical way to store it. And it's like fire resistant and tamper proof on the seal. Except but, if somebody um, steals it from you. Yeah, except if someone steals it, that <laughs> would be pretty bad. You can't, you can't keister that thing for your entire life. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Hiya. Okay, so um, there's, there are a couple concerns I have with this Binance listing. Let's go back to that for a second. The listing fees, they're sending it to a charity that they control. The Binance charity is uh, oh man, I had it it's up here a second. Started ago. by Binance. It's obviously. the Blockchain Charity Foundation. Their website looked like it got built by a really, really drunk chimpanzee um, who had. Um, who so had, did you help them develop it then? <laughs> mayhaps. Um, but ultimately, this this website is where your Binance listing fees are going to go to when you donate them. And I think this is also, there's two reasons this is happening, I think. One, they're trying to get away from the bad publicity and from the AG's reports issue of not being transparent. They're going to be disclosing what people are donating. The other thing is, is that when people are making payments to Binance previously to list the coins, there's a legal argument to say that if I'm paying you to list something and you reject it, unless you have specific terms that you don't refund these, that you're going to be obligated to return it. So the, so Binance, even though they're in China, could be subjected to some kind of liability. Now that they're doing it this way and they're making it a charitable contribution, I think they're able to skirt that a little clearer and they've added yeah. a little more uh, explanation of what they're doing. But I think it's kind of a good thing and I hope to see some transparency with this. But ultimately, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see what yeah, happens. Yeah, need to just take a, take a quick peek maybe at the goals and the you know the the mission statement for that nonprofit to see what exactly that because i mean other than just changing an entity name i mean the use of the money is just critical there yeah well i'm looking on the blockchain charity foundation and they've listed everything from poverty reduction to clean water to gender equality to life on land to climate action of, these are their goals that they're planning like to do. like fish living on land? They, they are doing <laughs> peace, I'm, justice, scary, and strong institutions, uh, reduced inequalities, life below... I don't even know. That's not even English. Um, <laughs> they, uh, human health care. These are all the things that these uh, are going to be used for. So they don't have a defined purpose, and it's certainly so not blockchain. there's not much oversight with that either. Yeah. The Blockchain Charity Foundation sounds like an excellent way to just have a beautiful website, accept a bunch of uh, money, and then it's have an excellent no way they can pay for questions. their employees' health care. We should see if this is based in the U.S., and uh, we should uh, go ahead and request that paperwork. Maybe we can get access to the IRS 990s and do some reviewing. Yeah. One to skidoo that right yeah. up. It's not oh going to. Oh, God. It's, it's infiltrated gonna... the pod. <laughs> it's, it's, it's happened. Okay, let's move along because I think we've uh, officially destroyed that article. But, um, yeah, the, the Blockchain Charity Foundation, I'm interested to see if that's legit or not. Yeah, so this week on the Crypto of the Week, we've got Aurora. This is what we picked last week. I think it was numbered like 50 or 80, 80, 80 something. or something like that. Okay, so for a brief history of the Aurora coin, uh, started back in 2014, it was Iceland's answer to Bitcoin. 
Um, it started with an airdrop to um, Iceland's residents. Apparently, there's a national database there in Iceland that you can you're just on, and they gave them access to it. And they did an airdrop. The coins were initially worth it was almost about 400 bucks per person, but as soon as they airdropped, they just bottom fell out. And when they did another airdrop later, and then another airdrop, the it it had ballooned to the amount of coins that were given it like 10x the original one. Um, Fed, I hate to interrupt, but are you sure you uh, you looked at the right coin here? Because I thought it was Aurora Dow, the collection of Ethereum applications and protocols that together form a decentralized banking and finance platform. Wait, so you guys have reviewed different tokens, different cryptocurrencies? What? It's not Aurora Coin? It's not Aurora Dow? Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and put an end to this so that we can we can move along. Aurora Chain... Pros. Oh. Yeah, um, I don't have any pros. I looked at this. Cricket. Cricket. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I think that we should focus on the cons. For for just a couple seconds. Yeah, we're 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 not gonna do a face off on this coin because we did in fact uh, investigate the right coin after Ben spent about <laughs> an hour or two on Aurora chain or Aurora coin. I but, said had the best idea four years uh, ago. Yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this one's gonna be a little bit different. This this is a rough one, guys. Yeah, yeah. I think after this one, we're gonna have to change the. Th- format. This shows the weakness in our. Um... Podcast setup. Yeah, we're gonna have the producer Segments, gotta get him weakness. to work on this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so w- what's the plan? We're gonna talk about what this is just basically, and then we're gonna talk about how we're gonna be shifting the segment into something a little more structured and maybe a little bit more exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, we we can go into uh, at least a few of the problems that we found when. Uh, and so we're talking about Aurora, Aurora Chain here, yes. right? Yeah. Okay. It trades under a AOA. AOA. Yeah. 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 So this may actually look like a pump and dump. Yeah, that's that was my my first impression as well. First of all, I mean it is it is a fairly new coin. Um, it's only been out there since I think earlier this year, but there's been next to no development that I can see on the GitHub repo. Uh, you can't even view the code on the repo. They just have the uh, Solidity fork on there, and then they have like two different releases of their Go implementation and the wallet app, and that's it. The best part it. is, in my opinion, their white paper oh God. is is so full of fluff, you could start a pillow factory. Oh, yeah. I'm not the most tech-savvy one in, in the... I'll be the first to admit I'm all not the, the most tech-savvy All those shapes one. on the white paper? <laughs> yeah, what is I that to, for? I need, to, I need somebody to explain to Well, then, that, that's the this one, um <laughs> This one was just gobbledygook. Uh, lots of big words that turns out... <laughs> Even though I didn't know what they mean, they just didn't make any sense. Yeah, anyway. there was very it, little it substance. It really hurt to read this this, yeah. this yeah. Uh, white paper. So they're they're saying that this is a revolutionary platform uh, built on DPoS, delegated proof of stake. And Aren't you required to say that it's revolutionary if you're doing blockchain? It's kind of uh, like, oh yeah, yeah. And it's part of the course. Revolution, brother. Um, but also on top of the DPoS, they're using BFT, which is Byzantine fault tolerance. So can you explain "buffed" a little bit for me? Um, you know, <laughs> isn't I, that uh, <laughs> something that Brett Kavanaugh, um, <laughs> <laughs> me and Tobin and, and Ski, <laughs> we're just working out. <laughs> yeah, so this is not buffed. <laughs> uh, no, this is not buffed. <laughs> Um, uh, to be honest, I, I gave the uh, Wikipedia article for Byzantine fault tolerance just of uh, the most cursory of glances, and uh, this doesn't really mean a whole lot <laughs> in just, crypto. It's just uh, gibberish. Bitcoin does have 
Byzantine fault tolerance because of proof of work and the consensus protocols. Well, um, I, I don't want to. I don't mean to cut you off, Sevi, but I, and I and I think that analyzing this more is a waste simply because if you look at the initial distribution of what happened with this coin, forty yeah. percent of them went to the founders. Greedy much? Mm -hmm. That is. Hey, that's only two fifths. That is um, a <laughs> way lot. to convert to fractions, there, Ben. <laughs> that's a lot of. I fifths. can do the numbers. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's a lot of fifths. So not only did how do you justify uh, that as a project? You call it a roar chain, and you drop it on the masses, that's and you what confuse you do. and obfuscate, so people confuse it with Aurora Dow, and people just don't know what they're buying. Yeah, and uh, you sneak peek in. Like, yeah, I feel like these these ICOs are trying to toe the line, like get closer and closer to fifty percent, because once you go after. Over 50%, it's just uh, nobody's going to take it seriously. So they're like, how close can we really yeah. get? But 40% is still ridiculous. Um, there's hardly any traffic on this network. They they, they post stuff on their Twitter. Like oh, they, this is ridiculous. They, took, oh, yeah. they took the iPhone graphic, the new iPhones, and put their logo over top of it. They they but posted to, to misrepresent the fact that somehow they've got something that yeah. runs on an iPhone. They didn't actually say anything about, oh, we're going to release an app or where you have a partnership with Apple it's or anything ridiculous like that. They're just putting it there to imply something. That is a clinical misrepresentation. Yeah. Yep. Um, Designed to deceive in, in, in a market where people will buy FOMO. That's what they're trying to do here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kudos to them for having a good idea, but you know what? We're on to you. We're on to you. <laughs> I know like what that, we're doing. That, that one company we talked about, the SEC went after when they had you know, mis, uh, misrepresented that they were talking with the CEO of Ripple and things like that. Oh, man, it seems like we've reviewed yeah. so many crap coins. But um, look, I, I think the the iPhone partnership with IBM, Facebook, Oracle, and Unity stuff pushed me over the edge to to want to yank the plug and offer any pros on this. Yeah, they, uh, they, they posted this invitation to a party uh, somewhere in the Silicon Valley that is, I think, hap happening tonight, actually, oh. and uh, listed all the people they invited, and it was just like blockchain leaders and industry experts. Invited. Invited, and then below that, they had partnerships listed with Facebook and IBM and all these companies and, like, Berkeley and Caltech and... You know what? I've seen that, that move once before. It's slick. It's really slick, and I can tell you how it works. I'm not going to say that this was IOTA that did this. What is David at IOTA? David's... Sunstabo. Sunstabo, yeah. Weird Viking. That, but yeah. Uh, Norwegian name. Who seems like a lovely gentleman when you, when you just... At first glance. But when you look at claimed partnerships because you share a co-working space with someone. Right. Or, you know, you visited a building and suddenly <laughs> you're in, you're in yeah. partnership with Google. Yeah. Uh, I just just blows me away. It's like if I took a picture in front of the White House and said I was the president. <laughs> I, I may believe that. Yeah. <laughs> anything's better it's at this believable. point. So, yeah, I, I think that there is a lot going on with this that makes me uh, a little concerned. But um, – I think that moving forward, if it's okay with you guys, I want to pivot and let's talk about how we're going to resolve these kinds of issues in the future on the pod. What's our game plan? So we were picking what best of top one hundred. Top one hundred. Yeah, ah, there's a lot of right crap off in the there. bat there. Yeah, I think we need to limit that to top fifty. I agree with that. That sounds that so. Sounds like and a good and idea. I think we need to make sure that we when we're when we're randomly selecting from the top fifty, we're not trying to force things into a pro and con face off uh, an argument. I think there's a lot of things that we've realized in doing this. This 
is our seventh episode where we have a lot of uh, mutually symbiotic idea uh, we have a lot of mutually agreeable ideas and a lot of thoughts that go along the same vein and we agree about a lot of things uh, but also I don't think we should force into arguments. I think we need to analyze what's going on in those projects. Yeah, well, those are, those arguments will naturally happen because yeah, yeah, you know, I secretly hate you and everything. Yeah, oh, absolutely, it's not a secret anymore. <laughs> and uh, I mean, like people on the pod think that JavaScript is a is a terrible language. I mean, frankly, it's the most ubiquitous and most versatile language in the entire internet. Um, We'll talk about we'll that. We'll talk next about week. that. That's a that's a little bit controversial. Look, yeah. I'm trying to prime your pump here, man. Yeah. So so we're not gonna avoid confrontation, sure, but we're sure. not gonna create it when they're artificially uh, when, yeah. when we are really so, agreeable. It's been a hard project. time arguing pro or con for some of these coins. Yeah. 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 Like this, I this hated being example. like that uh, bat. I, I really, really hated to see what happened with that. I mean, like the con argument on bat was really difficult. Yeah, it, um, it definitely was. I, there were there were definitely things there, but I, I said then I'll say it now. I really liked the project and wanted it to succeed, and it was it it's it's you're hard talking to, about bat, right? Yeah, bat. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah not make sure not that Aurora. we're not talking about Aurora. It's like <laughs> suck them in the jaw, man. <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, so so we'll have arguments uh, when we have well, when we have those disagreements. Okay, but so we're let's... we're gonna focus more on what's happened in the coin recently, what they've been doing. Analyze some of the tech and see yeah. where the conversation goes from there. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's make this thing happen. What is the coin of the week for next week? Oh, there's our computer, <laughs> Robo Ben. Who, uh, you just have to rub his belly, and that's how that works. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Um, <laughs> are you sure it's not suck him in the jaw? Hey! Um, what is the coin of the week? And you're using what to pick uh, a number between 1 and 50? Google. Okay, perfect. Uh, yeah. I always forget that. Yeah, so I have rolled a 27, uh, which that? currently on coin market cap is Lisk. Oh, that's so, exciting. This is uh, actually a legitimate uh, DAP platform. Yeah. Uh, so to be determined. It, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. It Have has more say. legitimacy than Aurora anyway. From a so, standpoint. Yeah, we'll, we'll actually get to talk about uh, DAP some more next week. And, I, I'm uh, excited what for this. Is doing. Yeah. I think I'm excited for the sign chain, main chain, uh, main vein conversation that's going to be happening um, <laughs> on Lisk. You just, keep saying those words. I don't think that means. I don't think that means. think it means? Look, applications, <laughs> side chains, and main chain. Lisk is got it going on. I'm excited for this conversation, and um, let's see what uh, what's going to happen. So I think we're at a good point to move on uh, now that we've picked our crypto of the week for next week. Let's move on. What's next? It's time for Ben's subtle wink of the week. My subtle wink of the week this week is that Coinbase Pro is officially adding 0x to its platform, which is an ERC-20 token, which is the first one they've added. Which Isn't is, that the decentralized exchange? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we talked is. about this uh, a little bit with Loopering. But yeah, that's right. Yeah, Coinbase has been uh, talking about listing ERC-20s for a while. There's been a lot of speculation of which one would be first. A lot of people were thinking OMG, but um, looks and like... And BAT. And BAT, yeah. yeah. But... Good for zero X. Absolutely. Um, first, so this is huge. Have you seen how it's one. been pumping? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think it's up so, 13, 14% today. I think to, if I may add my wink to your wink, a double wink, um, <laughs> to, to, Careful there. <laughs> too many winks on the chain. Um, but I think the, this double wink that I'd like to, to add is that if you are paying attention to what these exchanges are announcing, like Coinbase has announced 
I think six months ago, that they're going to add tokens to their exchanges. Mm-hmm. The people knew this was coming, and and frankly, I don't know, Sebi, if you recall this, but we made a list of the top five that were most likely to be added to to Coinbase. Yeah. And uh, from this top five, I bought three. And guess which one of them I bought? Not zero X. Um, actually, I did buy zero X. Um, <laughs> I bought a fair sum of it, just knowing that it was mm-hmm. stood the most chance to get listed. Bat and OMG. Yeah, those are the three that I purchased, and um, this is um, frankly an exciting time to to have a project that's worth something. Yeah, it's 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 interesting because there's going to be you know this just being the first ERC twenty token that they've listed. I yeah. mean, it's showing some some credibility to Ethereum running as a platform much more than just a current cryptocurrency. Do you feel comfortable uh, saying whether they're going to add more, and if so, what do you think is going to get added next? I mean, this is purely speculation here. Sure, but um, I think that's that's the realm of where we're comfortable. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, I think we got. I think we're probably going to see Bat next. Although OMG has has some some potential there as well. I think with the users that we've seen for the Brave browser and yeah, having such a big name behind it and yeah. having a working product out there, I think makes uh, makes Bat a pretty strong contender. There is also a portion, and if I recall our analysis correctly on Bat, uh, and this has been a while ago when we had this conversation about Bat being added to Coinbase, is that because they've got so many big names behind them, um, there could be a lot of egos at play. And coming on to Coinbase, if Coinbase was trying to get a good deal, they would just say, no, you know, we've got 4 million daily active users. We actually don't need you. Hmm. Um, yeah. You know, there is a double-edged sword to that, where you've got so much success, or in, in, in you know, by comparison, that you don't want to try and muck about with messing, uh, messing with just treating this like a like a token. You know, bats is clearly more than that. Yeah. yeah. So zero X is looking has got a bright future in front of it. Um, that's my subtle wink of the week. I think that about does it for the pod this week. Thank you guys for listening. Once again, if you want to reach out to us on our social media, it's at initial legal at twitter.com. Yeah, tune in next week when we'll be talking about Lisk and uh, the latest news. It's been our pleasure. Thank you so much for joining.